Are you a woman who feels like you can never find the right kind of porn that's appealing to you? Then I suggest that you check out my amazing sponsor's website, Belessa.co. Belessa is a carefully researched and thoughtfully put together site of adult entertainment for women. Yes, they have beautiful erotic films that you can watch for free, but they also have thought-provoking articles and arousing erotic stories. The entire website is free. There's no member's fees or anything like that. So go check it out and become a part of the feminist sex movement. That's belessa.co, B-E-L-L-E-S-A dot C-O. Are you stuck in a sex rut? Do you need to introduce some outside elements into your sex life? No, I'm not talking threesomes, though I'm not advising against them, of course. I'm talking about hitting up adamandeve.com to find something to spice things up. This website is massive. They carry everything from vibrators to bondage gear, lingerie, and countless adult movies. In fact, right now, they are having a 30% off sale on Wicked Movies. And the best part is, is that Adam and Eve has created a special code for my listeners to get you 10 free gifts and free shipping on whatever you order. So go to adamandeve.com and type in the code HOLLY at checkout. That's H-O-L-L-Y at adamandeve.com. Today on the show, I am very excited to have somebody different than my typical guest. I have been wanting to get a transgender star on my show for quite a while because it's a community that I really don't know anything about. And when this podcast airs, I would have hosted the red carpet for many vids at the TEA Awards, which is the Trans Erotica Awards. And so I figured... This is my opportunity to have a guest on the show, talk about the trans community, talk about trans porn, and just learn about their journey and um, who who they are. So I was very, very happy that Buck Angel agreed to come on my show. He is an icon. He is an activist. He is a big star, and um, he's somebody who I've been following for a while, and I really admire his tenacity and his spirit, so I'm very happy to have him on the show today. So please welcome Buck Angel. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, I am very excited to have Buck Angel here. Buck, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. For I really me. appreciate it. So, um, Buck, maybe give us like a little intro about like how you would describe yourself. What's your little spiel that you usually <laughs> give when people ask you, like, tell us about yourself. Buck. I know they always say, what do you do? And I'm like, gosh, that's really a hard question to answer because I do so you many do things a now. Lot. Yeah. I just started following you on Instagram and I was right like, on. he is. Busy. <laughs> I'm busy. But I would say, uh, in a nutshell, uh, I'm a transsexual man, which mm-hmm. means I was born female and I transitioned to become a man. But I opted to keep my vagina. And then I got into the porn business 17 years ago and started the genre of female to uh, male transsexual porn, FDM mm-hmm. porn. Mm-hmm. And with that, I kind of grew into <clears throat> a sort of person in the porn business and created a voice in the porn business. And then that I created activism. And now I pretty much walk the world uh, teaching people about how to be yourself. Not necessarily about being a transgender or transsexual man, but how to become comfortable in your body. Because I did. Yeah, I would imagine that you're almost, you're kind of like the ultimate story of somebody who really had to accept like who they were. 
A hundred. Right? I mean, you had to my go. Vagina. Well, we forgot about my vagina. Yeah. <laughs> the most important part of the story. But now I have heard though that you opted to not get right. an operation because you've seen some bad results yes. and you didn't want to put yourself through that, right? Hundred percent. So, why. and that's still how you feel. A hundred percent. That's and it, and I want to make sure that your listeners and everybody understand. I'm not against getting bottom surgery, which is what we call it, right. bottom surgery, penis surgery, I'm totally not against it. What I'm against is bad surgery. Right. And you know, I'm 55, I transitioned over 20 years ago, and it's still not up to where I think it should be. Right. So I opted to keep my vagina as a man, which was a whole other controversial right. thing. And it still is, within the transgender community as well as within the world. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you have like... Opposing forces in both communities. Yep, all over the world. People just are f- really focused on genitals as right. the thing that creates who you are. Right. As a person or as a, as a gender. Like yes. a man has a penis and a woman has a vagina. I have clearly, clearly destroyed that idea. <laughs> it is right. not true. Yeah. I mean, looking at you, you definitely look and sound like a man. Thank you. Like 100%. Thank you. I would have never guessed. Yeah, and that's the point. I, for me, that's the point. For yes. many, For many other newer generation of transgender, and I also want to let you know that I'm a transsexual man, mm-hmm. which is different than a transgender person. Okay. Some people will argue this, but I'm going to tell you, for me, I'm a person who was born a woman and wanted to always be a man. Right. And I had to transition using hormonal therapy as well as surgery in order to create this, what you see today. Okay. And so I always wanted to be a man. Right. So that is a transsexual person, somebody okay. who really opts to be in the binary, male, female, and has to use hormones or surgery okay. in order to get from A to B. Okay. And a transgender person usually lives calling themselves a trans person mm-hmm. and lives within the sort of mix and the fluidity of gender and sexuality and all of these things. And they don't necessarily relate to the binary, like you're a woman and I'm a man kind okay. of situation. Okay, so they might um, kind of embrace both roles? Is yeah, that what you're saying? or gender okay. non-conforming. That's that's a new kind of identity, gender where where you don't necessarily want to conform to the binary male or female. So you call yourself gender nonconforming. And it's a they, a person who would call themselves a they, not a he or a she. Right. Now, and then a new term that I had not heard of until recently was cis male or cis female, right? And that's that's, you. That's me who was born a woman, I identify as a woman. You did your homework, my friend. You're so awesome. Thank you. I do my best. (laughs) And actually, speaking of homework, um, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is... Is that now when this episode airs, actually the TEA awards would have already happened, mm-hmm. but since the, we're recording like two weeks before, um, I am hosting the red carpet for many vids for the TEA awards, which is the Transgender Erotica Awards. Yes, is that right? Exactly. Okay. I just guessed that, but that seemed You're like so that seemed to make sense. <laughs> um, and I realized that I don't know anything about the trans community. Mm. I don't know anything about trans porn. I don't really know any trans performers. Mm. And here I'm going to this show, and I'm supposed to be interviewing these people and asking them these questions, and I know zero, <laughs> like absolutely zero. So I'm like, I need to talk to somebody. And I thought, what a great opportunity to have um, a trans performer on my podcast because then you can educate not only myself but also my audience because right I think a lot of my audience, and honestly most people in the world, don't really understand You're right. what this whole thing means. Right. And, um, you know, we have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions. And I wanted to have somebody on who was willing to be open mm-hmm. and willing to understand that I come from a place of ignorance mm-hmm. and I want to learn. I want to, you know, walk out of here a more enlightened human being. You're awesome. Um, thank you. No, but I think most, uh, all of the cisgender people I meet, pretty much all, not, not all, but a yeah. lot. 
are so open-minded and they want to learn. And there's this block within my community that we don't think is our, well, I'm not going to put myself in that position. I do. Mm-hmm. I think it is my obligation and my, my, it is, it is important for me to educate you or else right. you will never learn. Right. Of so, course. But there's many people in the transgender community who don't think it is their, you know, that they need to do that, that they right. need to educate you. And I don't understand that. If you want people to understand you, you must talk to them and you must let them ask the questions that are uncomfortable right. in order for us. Eventually, nobody talks about my vagina anymore because everybody knows I'm Buck Angel and I have a vagina. And right. we talk about real issues that are happening in this world right. now. Because once we just get that you know, big elephant out of the room yeah. on the table then we don't need to talk about it anymore. Yeah. People are interested in surgery with transgender people. It's just a real curiosity that humans have. And I don't think it's disrespectful at all. Right. I think it's important to say, yes, some of us have surgery, some of us don't, some of us have vagina, some of us have penis, some of us have nut, you know, whatever. Yeah. If we don't talk about that, let's talk about porn industry. If we don't talk about some people do save sex, some people don't. Some people do this, some people don't do that. They have an understanding that the porn industry is all the same. No, it isn't. Yeah, it's definitely not. No, it I mean, we're so segregated. So segregated. Yeah. It's actually scary. Yeah. And even the like even the fact that they um, have started having like a transgender performer of the year at the AVN yes. and at the Expos Awards and that they're giving them stage time yes. now, which is something that never happened before. No, I won transsexual performer of the year in two thousand seven and I was the last person we were the last people. Everybody was already leaving and yeah. they're naming us and I won and nope, you don't get to go on the stage and they yeah. mail you your your they mail you your your award. I'm like, wow, that's yeah. really rude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think um, you know, and they do that with a lot of awards. But I think that it's important, especially now with the way that you know society. I feel like society is starting to move towards trying to embrace. Oh yeah, you know, different. Um, oh yeah, gender identities and and all kinds of. You know, humans are very complex people. Yes, and I think that we're. Fi- I think the internet has helped us like all kind of communicate in a way that was more direct, and we could explore different yes. ideas, and um, people could find communities where they identified. Yes, and that's what's the great part of the internet. Yes, and there's the seedy part of the internet where there's trolls and they come after you. Like, <laughs> I know you have trolls. I know you do. Yeah, I do, but you know, I don't get as many as actually I, I thought I did. <laughs> Um, Maybe they're hiding. They're hi- oh, wait, <laughs> I haven't made it enough. I'll know I'm famous when I get more hate mail. I don't get enough hate mail. I don't feel special. No, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> uh, like this will be followed by tons of hate mail. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Why did you have that freak on your show? <laughs> um, actually, you, so it was interesting. Um, my boyfriend was actually the person who suggested that I have you come on because oh, right on. he um, took a gender studies class when he was um, at Chico State, uh-huh. and he saw. A documentary on you, and he saw you speak. Now he's not sure if he saw you speak at Chico uh-huh. or if he saw you speak somewhere else. Yeah, I, did, I haven't spoken at Chico. Okay, so, so then it was somewhere else yeah. that he saw you speak, and he was like, "It was so interesting," right and on. he was, you know, really articulate, and he right seemed on. really passionate about educating people. And he was like, "You should totally have that's him so on. cool." Thank and I was you, my like, friend. Oh my god! I'm like, of course. And then I started following you. Thank you. I appreciate I was like, that. Is he going to respond to me? <laughs> I did. I'm like you're. I'm like who, you're I like know. I'm blah blah blah. I'm like uh, I know who you are. I you're like an know. icon in the porn industry. I don't think people really think that. <laughs> they know who you are, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> you're awesome. Um, thank you. So okay. So I guess my first question would be: When did you start to realize that you felt different? I guess. 
Yeah, so always. I'll be honest with you, always. I okay. mean, I didn't, I wouldn't say I always felt different. Mm-hmm. I felt like a boy, and my mm-hmm. parents really raised me like a boy. They okay. were really, you know, back, I'm 55, so mm-hmm. back in the 60s and 70s when I was growing up in the valley, San mm-hmm. Fernando Valley, you could dress like a little boy, and you can still do that as a little yeah. girl, and it's called yeah. a tomboy. Yeah. Right? And everyone thinks you're going to grow out of that. That's right. what everyone thought it was, going to grow out of it. And right. I always say I actually grew into it. Right. So I, you know, it wasn't until I was maybe going through puberty, yeah. which was late for me. Is uh-huh. when really everything just started to go downhill for me. But yeah. I was pretty much okay as a kid, and I dressed like a boy, and I looked like a little surfer kid, and people didn't really mess with me until I got into like junior high school or high school when I started to still look like a boy and I was a girl. Right. And people didn't understand, and nobody understood, and I and I knew I was a boy, but people right. were like, "You're crazy. You're not a boy." Right. Which led to. Drinking, mm-hmm. early started to drink alcohol because okay. that hides your feelings. And yeah. then I started to use a lot of drugs and alcohol in school. And I just went downhill. Puberty basically was showing me that I'm actually a woman and not a man. Mm-hmm. And that sent me into a tailspin. And I didn't know, nobody, there was no psychiatrist, no therapist, no doctors. Nobody knew. They just kept saying I was a lesbian woman. Yeah. And that's different. Your sexuality is different than your gender, as right. we know. But yes. people tend to put those two things together. Right. And so they just kept saying, you're a butch woman. And I'm like, actually, I'm a man. But back in the day, nobody talked about being transsexual at right. all. Only only men to women, like Christine Jorgensen, mm-hmm. you know, all the famous trans women early on. But there was never a representation of a, a woman to a man. Mm-hmm. So it was very difficult for me to get that across to people. Is it statistically less frequent? Or is it just that you guys don't get as much... I don't know. Well, no, I understand your question. And, yeah. and, and the question, so the thing is this, is that transgender women have been out in, in the fighting field for 100 million more years than we have. Okay. A lot of us have transitioned and just kind of go back into society. As you see, I look totally like a man. Right. I can walk the world as a man. No one ever thinks that. A lot of times with transgender women, it's not, they, they don't necessarily, what we like to call, pass a lot of times. Mm. And so it's a much more difficult transition for a lot of transgender women. They right. get pointed at, they get made fun of. They yeah. get, you know what I'm saying? And they, especially if they were a little uh, boy dressing as a girl yes. as opposed it's to what different. you would do. It's different. Right. It's yeah. different when a girl dresses like a boy. It's much more accepted. But right. when a boy dresses like a girl, you're a sissy, you're a yeah. baby, you're a freak, you're a fag, you know, all these yeah. bad things. Because again, there we go. Just look, take it outside of the trans community and look at it as male and female. Mm-hmm. Male, being a man is what everyone aspires to be. Masculinity, right. maleness. When you're a woman, it's, it's considered weak. Mm-hmm. So Vulnerable. there it is. Why would a man want to become a woman? Woman. Yes. These are the questions that transgender women get asked, which is the most ridiculous. No one's ever asked me why I would want to become a man. Yeah. So think about that, right? That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. No one's ever asked me why I would want to become a man. And really? you know, where they ask transgender women all the time, why would you want to become a woman? Well, I guess your answer and probably their answer would be is because I am that way. Right, exactly. I feel, I don't, I didn't, it wasn't a decision that I decided, I'm like, hey, I'm going to be a dude. It was like, you felt. It's me. And same with transgender women, but what they're seeing is a man giving away his male privilege to become a woman, which is supposedly lesser than. Right. And you know, I'm also a feminist, and I Uh fight, I mean, as a person who grew up as a female and was Mm -hmm. socialized as a female, I'm a total feminist, because now I'm a man, and I walk the world white man mm-hmm. and I get so much privilege it's crazy Wow! but I still remember my life as a woman and I will always fight for women's rights and it's not really women's rights I want human rights right. why are we not equal I know why is it still that we think of vagina as weak? And that's why I talk about my vagina all the time. My vagina isn't weak. <laughs> Who was it? Someone did, had an incredibly famous quote that went viral. It was like, 
it was uh, what's her name like Betty White I feel like or uh-huh. something like that she uh-huh. said why do people always talk about um, you know how men have like you got to have big balls to do something. Yeah. She's like, you know, you kick a man once in the balls and he goes down. A pussy can take a pounding. Right on. You can kick a pussy like a hundred times so and we'll true. stay standing. And I was like, that is true. It's true. That is so true. <laughs> but there we go again, right? Yeah. That this masked man thing is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie, it is. The yeah. world is run by men. And it's so I do. interesting that you got to see both sides of that. I didn't it, think Every about day that. I do. Every yeah. day I do. Every day I'm in the locker room listening to the nonsense these guys talk about. With about women. Wow. The other day I heard this guy screaming across the locker room, you know, and this place smells like a pussy. And I'm like, what? He goes, you know how pussy smells. And I'm like, if a pussy smells, there's something wrong with it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I wanted to go over there. But that's the kind of talk men do in right. locker rooms. And yeah. I'm thinking, no wonder we have this separation of women and men. People aren't talking about this, just normal conversation that guys have with each other. Right. It's really degrading conversation and it's wrong and it's not real. Yeah. Um, now, how was it when you okay? So when you when you knew that you needed to make like a hormonal change, you mm-hmm. needed to like you know have surgery, whatever, yes. all those things. Yeah. How old were you? So I transitioned. I think twenty two years ago. I'm fifty five. So you do the math. I totally lost track. I was in my late twenties. Okay, so yeah. you had already. Yeah. Yeah. You're obviously not. Um, so I was. I was total. So what happened was I got sober. I okay. was a total mess. Mm-hmm. Total mess. And I, I, I traveled as I'm, I became a fashion model. How that happened? That's a whole other story. But I went to Europe. Wow. And I, I was a fashion model as a woman. Wow. And then I went, and then the drugs and alcohol just took me over because I didn't want to be a female fashion right. model. I was androgynous, and it was in the 80s when androgyny mm. was just starting, and yeah. they snagged me from the street, and I went there. But that said, that didn't work out for me, and I came back to LA with nothing and mm-hmm. destitute, and I ended up drug addict on the streets prostituting, everything, just a nightmare. And then I got sober, and through sobriety, my eyes opened, and I saw that I could become a man, And but nobody could help me because I saw transsexual surgeries, but in Los Angeles at the time, 20 years ago, there were no doctors. Mm -hmm. They only dealt with men becoming women. So I went to a hormone doctor who only 30 years in practice for men becoming women, but not a woman becoming a man. And he said to me, you will be my guinea pig. He said those words to me. You Did that be, terrify you? A hundred percent. But <laughs> I was like, oh, that means basically I'm an experiment. Yeah. I am. And he and, and I but I didn't have a choice, my friend. It yeah. was death or that. Yeah. And that was always my mantra. If uh-huh. it doesn't work out, I will kill myself. Just <gasps> normal. Every day I would say that. If the yeah. if the shooting this hormone, I don't become the person I want to be, I'm just going to kill myself. God. That's how desperate I was. Yeah. And today, fast forward, oh my God, it worked. The, yeah. This experiment worked. Right. Same with my chest surgery. And then the doctor didn't know how to do surgery on me, but he experimented. He said, I can experiment and we can try this new surgery. I didn't have a choice and I had to do it. And so and it turned out okay. It turned out perfectly fine, like amazing as far wow. as I'm concerned. And he and that said, people don't understand where we are today and where we came from before. Mm-hmm. A lot of transgender people have a lot of privilege today that they don't see that they have. And why right. I'm very outspoken about the path that we've come to where we are today and why we continue to need to be visible and outspoken about who we are. Or the, it'll go back to the archaic time. Right. Why hasn't bottom surgery changed? Yeah. Why are we still talking about penis surgery that isn't okay yeah. 20 years later? Right. That's why I opt out of not getting bottom surgery because I'm not going to have 
a penis that doesn't get erect, yeah. I'm not going to have a 50-50 chance even more of losing my orgasm. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine? What if that was, uh, to become a man, I need to lose my orgasm? I'm not. It's not going to happen. Yeah, that's not, no. It's not going to happen. No. And those are the options people like myself have. Wow. Imagine, people, you don't understand, cisgender people do not understand the privilege of just being in your body and being able to have sex and being able to go yeah. places and be able to walk in the locker room or the toilet. These are privileges that people just, until they speak to a person like myself, realize, Wow, actually, I can just do that. I was thinking before you came on about how I, how I couldn't imagine how incredibly difficult and painful it would be to not identify with the gender that you were born yes. into. Like I was trying to fathom what that would be like, and yes. I, I just couldn't. And it's I did horrible. feel very grateful. Yeah, thank you because you're because you have compassion. I know that about you, but it is, but it is that it's so. I mean, it's it, you can't explain it to people because right. you're just not gonna. It's like saying try being a black person. I'm not gonna ever know what it means to be a black person. <laughs> I can imagine what it's like, yeah, but I don't know the pain yeah. and suffering that people of color deal with every day. Yes. I know what my pain and suffering is and what I dealt with. Right. No more, I don't deal with it, and that's why I'm sitting in front of you today and I right. speak about it because people need to be compassionate of humans' struggles. Right, it's not just trans. Everyone has a struggle in yes. their life, and if we're not compassionate, it to everybody's struggle, then we're never going to move forward as humanity. Right. We're always going to be separate. These people are better than these people. This, you know, it's just not okay, and that's why I call myself a human rights activist and not a trans activist. Right. I also, I won't lie, I love your other hashtag that you use, <laughs> Transpa. Oh, it's so good because <laughs> I'm old, so I'm like, you know, I'm like a grandpa, but I'm grandpa. <laughs> And I love the kids. I love the kids. And yeah. the only reason, honestly, why I stay in a place where I get mm, some hate from the transgender mm-hmm. community, I only stay in it because of the kids. And I know that my voice will help. I get letters from 16, 14, 13-year-old kids daily. I'm sure. Thank you. Thank you, Trampa. Thank you for speaking. Thank you for making me feel okay yeah. about my vagina. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, that is every. if I had that when I was 16, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, to have somebody that you can identify with and that yeah. you can connect to and, and makes you feel like you're, you're not a freak and that you, yes. you can live a fulfilling life yes. um, and you can identify as a different gender. I think you do the same for porn, my friend. You do the same for porn. Your stuff is so beautiful. and And it is. It's so beautiful and so... It's like art. And so what that does is it takes it to another level. Not mm-hmm. that, you know, there are different degrees of pornography. We yeah. know that. Yes. There are slimy, scummy pornographers out yes, there. Yes, there are. That is a real thing. <laughs> yeah. And then there's pornographers and people like you who do, do a whole other level. And, and actually, that is a service mm-hmm. to not only women in the community, but to the community of pornography. We have to take it to that level in order for people. It's art. Yeah. And, and that's how I think of pornography. I do think of it as a as a as a uh, Sort of platform and and art, and mm-hmm. instead of this degrading bad thing that women too, that's not true. Yeah, I think also too, like porn is is it's definitely being seen differently now, yes. and I think that now that everybody's moving towards being more sex tolerant and yes. more sex positive and more sex curious, and it's not something that you know is so buried, um, and that people are having open discussions about it, like. Our platform has elevated. And- because you as a woman are, are out there speaking about it. And that's the point that I'm trying to make is if you want change as a person, mm-hmm. as a gender, as a, you have to be part of that change and you have right. to speak out about it. And you do and you put it out there and then you say, no, this is an actual real positive thing. Yeah. And women do actually like being in porn, by yes. the way. Yes. Yeah. We're not all, we're not all, the same. we're not all victims. Exactly. We're not all vulnerable. Exactly. I mean, you know. So important, especially around sexual. We need yes. to empower women and their sex sexuality and yes. people in their bodies, and that's really what my porn work was 
about empowering my body as a man with a vagina mm-hmm. and saying, no, I am a man. Whether you like it or not, my genitals have nothing to do with it. And actually, people are attracted to it. Mm-hmm. As you see, I just blew up in the porn world because yeah. people came to me to say, I have always fantasized. People, thousands of people wrote me, I have always fantasized about a man with a vagina. And I'm like, holy crap, that's so weird. <laughs> I never even thought about like, right. that people would say that to yeah. me. It's interesting how fluid sexuality can be yes. with people. Like people, there's, I mean, that's, it's almost like one of my favorite things to do is go to one of like those clip sites, you know, yes. and go look at all the different fetishes. Me too. And it's just like insane. Yes. People are into all kinds of yes. shit. And that speaks volumes to us as humans right. and the diversity, yes. not only of sexuality, but of gender. Yes. We are not black and white. That is not real. That is something that people shoved us into and said, you have to be this way. Honestly, I do think religion has a lot to play in. And I'm not anti-religion. What I am is anti-organized religion, right. telling us exactly and taking words out of context mm-hmm. and creating this whole other hateful. That's not religion. Jesus yeah. said, love everybody. Yes. Get stoned and have sex. and let-. Jesus was a cool dude. <laughs> But like they take his words out of context and make him as if he's hateful towards homosexuals. He never said that. That's yeah, not really. I've actually, oh, I've always been fascinated with the character of Jesus. Yes. And so like, if there's any biographies that come out about him, or documentaries, yes. not biographies, documentaries that come out about him, um, you know, articles. I always because I feel like he was probably a great spiritual leader yes. if he did exist. I obviously don't believe he was actually yeah. the son of God. Totally. Um, but I was like, I thought he was like. A fucking fascinating person. I think so. So, um, yeah, I'm always like interested in the story I of Jesus, so. but I don't see him in that classical. No, God, because you're a realist, way. and that's real. He was a real person. I think yeah. he was a storyteller. Yeah, that's all he was. He was just trying to make people have rights for everybody else. He was a human rights activist, and he yeah. was a leader in that. And yeah. they didn't like that. Yeah. They always try to silence. Think about it, Martin Luther King. They always try to silence the people who are going outside of the box. Yes, and leading people into the direction of love and peace and compassion. Because when you get to that level, then you don't judge other people. Right. And when you judge other people, what you do is you create this idea that you are better than. And when you start to create an idea that you are better than, you can start to control people. Yeah. And that's what religion on a lot of levels does. Or, yeah, or less than. And or, then companies yes. can sell you products yes. to make you more like what you think you want yes. to be because you think that that's what is exactly. the ideal. And it just tricks us into basically never being happy. It's like cult-like behavior. About it really what is. We, yes. who we are. Who as we people. are as people and individuals. Yeah. I'm I'm an individual. I'm not I'm not the representation of the transgender community. Right. I never have been, I never will be. But people always take a person who is a leader or a voice and say that's the community. That's mm-hmm. not true. You're yep. not the representation of female pornography. No, or, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I'm not of transgender. We're just a piece of it. Mm-hmm. We're vocalizing what we believe in right. and what we want to see change or be a part of. And that's what I said. I always say it. Be a part of the change. Yeah. But I think I, you know, it's probably too much. It doesn't. You bear a lot of responsibility doing what you're doing. Yeah. Going out and talking about this and yeah. facing the inevitable negative reactions that yeah. you're going to get and the judgment and mm-hmm. the name calling. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just went on a radio show yesterday, Ugh. right? Where you just had like a hor- horrible, horrible, where the radio host was like incredibly rude to you from the get go. He didn't even give me an opportunity. He was, it was, he was using me as a clown, basically. So I, uh, like I said, I do interviews and I'll take any interview. Mm-hmm. I will. I'm mm-hmm. not scared of interviewing with anybody. Mm-hmm. That said, if you come out the gate with 
you sound like a woman and you're not really a man, now I know we're not even going to have a conversation. Yeah. We're going to have some kind of ridiculous circus act. And then he just kept going off about me sounding like a woman and can you fight like a man and oh, you must not be a man if you don't want. I'm like, this is toxic masculinity at its finest. Yeah. And this is what I really want people to understand. Masculinity doesn't have to be mean and angry. Mm-hmm. I'm a masculine man, but I yeah. cry. I'm compassionate. I believe in love. That to me is masculinity. Right. This idea that you have to fight. And, you, and I was going, dude, I don't fight. He's like, well, then you're really not a man. I go, really, we're not having a conversation here. My God, my God, are you, are you really trying to do this? And then he just lost his mind. He started calling me a freak. And I'm like, I'm not doing this. I hung up. That's insane. <laughs> Same. I totally hung up. <laughs> yeah, good for you. I'm so like <laughs> because I don't that makes need to. Me mad because I don't need to. Yeah. I don't need to sit there and be humiliated. Yeah, I'm, of course. I, you know, I've already put my time in, and I'm here for a reason. I'm here to educate. And then he's continuing to just solidify the stigma. Yes, exactly. You know, I mean, exactly. that is so like steps backwards. But it's spec- it, 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 I expected it as he was speaking, and then number two, it really speaks volumes to how we really need to educate. Right. How we really need to educate men. I'm going to tell you, we need to re-educate men. It's not necessarily their fault. Men are taught to be this way from little boys. Yep. So we aren't training or teaching little boys to say, no, it is not, it is not okay to say these things or mm-hmm. to think women are lesser than. So it is, again, my responsibility as a new breed of man to talk about this as a man. Mm-hmm. Everyone asks me, what makes you a man? And they, what's your answer? That is a, a, a question I cannot answer because I have no idea what makes me a man other than my own attitude and the way I feel. Mm-hmm. It sure as hell isn't my vagina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not my mustache. Yeah. It's not my muscles. Which is, by the way, fabulous. Thank you. <laughs> it's ginger, right? Yes. <laughs> Nice. I'm a ginger. Nice. <laughs> um, so, what was what's been your most inspirational story? Like, in terms of, is there any one person that you remember reaching out to you, like a younger, you know, uh, woman battling with trans, or mm. that that really stuck out in your head, and you were like, I am so glad that I'm doing this. This is like really, mm. I am making a change in the world. Well, I'll, I'll, you know, I can't. I can't say just one single person because, like I said, I get so many. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was a kid who reached out to me a while ago. He was 16 years old. He said he wanted to kill himself, and it's going to make me cry because it always does. Uh-huh. Because I tried to kill myself at 16, and I know that. Really? I, sorry, I know that feeling of not being and feeling there's no hope. And your yeah. par- he's like, my parents don't understand. Nobody understands. I want to be like you, and I want to have muscles, and I want to look like a boy, and I look like a girl, and everybody calls me a girl, and I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. Two thousand and eighteen, we're still talking about this. That mm-hmm. is not okay. Yeah, and people don't listen to kids now. They don't see the signs mm-hmm. of of kids struggling or being shy. I was called shy. I wasn't shy. What it was is that I couldn't couldn't walk the world as myself. Right, and because I wasn't okay. That's not yeah. shyness. That's actually being withdrawn from the world because you're not being presented physically in the way you are. Mm-hmm. So I remember he's just like, I'm going to kill myself. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, where are you? What city are you in? And so I connected immediately because I've been blessed on such a big level to connect with organizations all over the world. Mm-hmm. And I can call and pretty much, bam, people are on the line with me. Mm-hmm. So I connected him with an organization in his town and then he started to go there. And I said, oh I beg God. of you, just go there. 
do this for me, okay? Mm-hmm. Do this for Trampol. Mm-hmm. And he did. He did it. And he's now transitioning. Oh, he's, wow. Yeah. And he's now doing the thing because he just took the minute to listen to me. I said, it's yeah. hard right now, dude. It's hard for everybody. You're not the only one, but you have to focus on how to get to the next step, not that killing yourself. Killing yourself is easy, I told him. It is. And then, yeah. that, and then what? And then you're done. So yeah. you never even made it to the you next step. Tried. You never even tried. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you right now, try it, dude. It's not It's not as difficult as you're making it seem. Yeah. The, the tools you have today are 100 billion times better than what I had 20 years ago. And if right. I did it, dude, you can do it. That's why I'm here. Right. And just keep contact with me. So we've kept contact over the years, and he's grown into becoming this guy. And you know, those, to me, are the reason why I do That's it. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because I'm, the suicide yeah. rate among uh, like young Trans people is huge. Of any community. Yeah. Of any community. Because you have to understand physically, mm-hmm. it's a physical thing for a lot of us to yeah. walk in the room and people see us as male or female. Mm-hmm. For many, for transsexual people, that is the goal. For transgender people, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. So, But for somebody like myself who always wanted to be a man, and I want you to see me that way, mm-hmm. that's everything. Right. Everything that you identify me as male, I walk in the door as male, I live my life as a male. Right. And it's why I can walk around now as a happy person. Mm-hmm. And so again, my message isn't about transgender. It's about what is it about yourself that you dislike, whether it's mentally or physically, and how can you take that and create the better person that you need to be in order to walk the world a happy person. Mm-hmm. People need to really dig deep now. Because some people don't need the surgery, and then some people do. That's exactly. It's a, it's a complete, total, individual choice. Mm-hmm. Nothing. There's no specific thing that makes you trans. Mm-hmm. If you say you're trans, you're trans. That's what I feel like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or if you say you're a man, you're a man. If you say you're a woman, you're a woman. I don't care. It's your choice to be whoever you want. If you're gay, if you're straight, if yeah. you're bisexual, as we know, bisexual people are like considered like totally the baddest person in the LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. You know, bisexual people don't get any love. I'm bisexual. We don't get any love. We're yeah, too, I was going to ask you or yeah. if you're more attracted to men or to women. I, men and women, but I would say I have more relationships with women okay. than I do with men. But okay. I have sex more, I say I have more sex with men than women. Okay, interesting. Yeah. But, but in but terms I, of like long term relationships, it's always women. women. It's always women. And I think it's the emotional connection that I have yeah. with women. There's a different connection that I have. I, I haven't really met a man that I have an emotional connection to. Okay. A sexual connection, most definitely. Mm-hmm. But there's something, uh, sorry, there's something missing there with mm-hmm. the connection that I get with women. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because I used to be a woman or I have some kind of different way that I was socialized, mm-hmm. right? That right. I connect that way. Women and men think differently. They do. Yeah. It's a real thing. Yeah. So um, that leads me to my next question. I actually was listening to a podcast on NPR. I think it was This American Life and there was a whole episode on testosterone. Did you oh, ever listen no. to that one? I gotta, I gotta listen. Oh, it's really good. Oh. So um, it was, and it was basically about how to testosterone obviously affects all of us and yes. they interviewed one guy who had to like have his testosterone shut off for a couple of months because of some medical situation yep. he had to have some surgery something like that and how it affected him yep. and then they spoke to a transgender mm-hmm. uh, man who had been a woman mm-hmm. and she talked about the testosterone in which you first started getting yeah. the injections and how it affected her yep. so how did that go for you because yep. for her, him it was a huge Oh yeah, change. It was just. It was really interesting. Yeah, night and day. So uh, I love talking about hormones because we are hormones. Yes, you and I and him and everyone here is hormones. I'm on my period right now. There you go. Been PMSing (laughs) the last couple of days. It's real. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. It's real. So frustrating how it like because the day before my period, I get so mad. I 
literally become like, I am sure that the world is ending. Everything is over. I'm not going to have a career. Everyone's going to fire me. I'm no good at what I do. I'm useless. I'm worthless. I'm nothing. I'm like a cunt. Yeah. And it's just, and I know my period is coming and I know that's what it is, but it's yep. still can't. I just can't change the way I feel. No, and you and a hundred so million other women. Oh, it's so annoying. It is. It's a real thing. And but also, yeah. now trans men have their period. So think about it. There's men who have their periods wow. now because they're not taking hormones. Right. But right, they're, right. You know, so I mean, we, but that said, Hormones okay. are powerful. Yes. And so when I used to be a very angry woman, mm-hmm. I was angry, I was mean, I was not nice, I hated the world. When I started to take testosterone, whoa, it's like my whole life changed. I calmed down, I started to focus, I started to feel more in my body. Mm-hmm. It makes total sense. Yeah. I needed testosterone in mm-hmm. order for me. People have, there's this myth that testosterone makes you angry. That's not true. I've seen many women who use who are on who have estrogen in their mm-hmm. body who are mean and angry. So that's, <laughs> yeah, that's not true. true. Yeah. That said, everyone's different in their reaction towards those things. But mm-hmm. hormones, testosterone has changed my life and it's made me more level. It's made me feel more confident. It's made me feel more sexual in my body. It's made everything positive for me. There's nothing negative. The negative side effects are medical. Mm-hmm. So medically, they don't know. They haven't done a lot of research on guys like me. Mm-hmm. And so, twenty years of taking testosterone actually was a bad thing because what happened was I didn't have a hysterectomy because they kept telling me you don't need a hysterectomy, and I kept going, but I have these weird cramps every time I have sex or I have an orgasm, and it's mm-hmm. weird. It feels like period cramps. Mm-hmm. They were like, you're fine. I do a pap smear. You're fine. Well, what happened was the testosterone was atrophying my reproductive system. So my ovaries, my fallopian tubes, my my cervix and my uterus fused together. <laughs> yes. So it meant that my uterus was totally a Petri dish. And one day it popped. What? Yes, it popped. And oh. I fell on the ground and I had a 105 degree temperature and Wait, I was septic. fell on the ground? Yeah, I became septic. I became it like, like it fell out of you. No, 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 it popped inside of me, and oh, I became septic. I thought, well, that's still terrible. Yeah, it's it all is. bad. No, it didn't pop out. It actually inside of me, and like <laughs> okay, okay, stuff got went it. everywhere in my body. Oh my god! And I almost died. They oh. said if you didn't come to the hospital five minutes later, you would be dead. Wow. And what happened basically was everything atrophied in a, a, an infection because they didn't realize that the testosterone removes the estrogen from your vagina, right? which is why I created that lube, by the way. Right. And that said, what happens is all these things happen that your vagina doesn't function without estrogen. Right. That's the reality of it. Okay. But the doctors didn't know that about me. Had that ever happened before? Never. Anybody? I was oh, the first case wow. in recorded history that that happened to in the medical world. Wow. Yes. And so I talk about it a lot, but nobody's listening. So there's all these young trans kids who are like, Trampa, I have these weird cramps. I'm like, get to the doctor now. Oh my God. What is happening with this medical world? They don't care about us. And I think they only That's care about money. That, that that wouldn't spread like wildfire. Exactly. Because they would be like, okay, now we know. Now we can prevent this yes. killing so many other people. Yes. Like, thank God Buck survived this. Yes. But it's like going on deaf ears, I swear. It's like ridiculous. I I scream all the time. We need better medical care. We need to talk about these things that happen to us. But it's as if I feel like a lot of doctors in medical world get into certain things because of money. Mm -hmm. Let's just talk about that. This is a capitalistic country. People have opportunities to make money at every turn, Mm -hmm. and they will do it. Mm -hmm. The water system in in California is a whole, that's a whole capitalistic thing. Water Mm -hmm. isn't free here. Water should be a human right. Yeah. There are people who don't have water in their homes in California. It's it's real. But that said, why aren't we talking about this in the medical world? Mm-hmm. We're not talking about it because some 
someone doesn't care or no one's bringing it up. I don't really know, but I find it really offensive and wrong that, you know, I could have died. There aren't any like activist doctors that are. There's one I just hooked up with, and her, okay. and she's in uh, Utah, and okay. I just hooked up with her, and we're going to start pu- doing, putting together workshops to go to gynecological conferences and to uh, train the doctors on. Yeah, that these seems to be basic, so important. It's basic healthcare. Yeah, it's basic healthcare, and they don't seem to care on some level, or no one's speaking up about it. It's a right. very strange thing to me. Yeah, as I'm screaming, I almost died. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. That's um that's, my that's life. really terrifying. It is terrifying and it's wrong. And so it's like you know, I like I said, I care about the kids. Mm-hmm. I care about the kids. And if they get this, then they're never gonna have to deal with that. Yeah. If you're gonna be on hormones long term, you have to get a hysterectomy, period. There's no there's no other way around it. Right. You can't have your you can't have your reproductive system. You could save your eggs. Some guys want to have babies. Uh-huh. So you can save your eggs and then do that. Or you can have a baby maybe one or two years into testosterone. Oh really? Yeah, there's. Okay. I have friends who are trans men who have had who are pregnant. I'm not in. That's not my thing. I don't, you know, right. have any desire to do that. But there are some guys who've had babies. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting to know that that's an option. It is an option. Yeah, pregnant men. <laughs> I'm telling you, the world's changing. Oh wow, man, that's crazy. <laughs> pregnant men. That is crazy. It's on. So when you first got into, what made you get into the adult industry? Well, I was working behind the scenes with a. I had a, a wife at the time, and she was a professional dominatrix. Okay. And we realized that there's this whole world out there that isn't being touched, which was the pro domination world. So mm-hmm. we created a pro domination website, mm-hmm. and then a transgender woman came to me and said, "Can you build my website for me?" And so I started building her website, and I was like, oh "My God, there's no trans men in porn. There was no, nothing." Not and one. I'm like, wow, in porn, right? Where you mm-hmm. can see pretty much everything. Everything, right. And there was nobody like me. And I was like, it's just a light bulb. It really, it's just that thing, the, the cartoon with the light bulb. And mm-hmm. I was like, Buck Angel, the man with the pussy. And it just came to me like that. And my friend's all, dude, that is the, such a cool idea. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to change the world. And I'm like, I don't want to change the world. I just want to make a million dollars. I didn't think I would become this activist through my porn. That was yeah. never my intention. My intention was to create porn, make a million dollars, have fun, make porn. And the porn industry hated me. Really? They were so rude to me. I've never been like so spoken to. Like so, I was like, "Are you kidding me? You have every kind of porn there is, and I'm the freak." They were totally not okay with me in the beginning. So, are we talking like the mainstream straight porn yes, industry? Mainstream straight porn, yeah. even the gay industry. And yeah. It was mostly online through because I was doing website stuff, mm-hmm. and they were just so mean. You're a freak, and that's weird. And then I said, "Really? We'll see about that." I survived death. And we're gonna do this, mm-hmm. and I did it with with the pushback from the community. Mm-hmm. It took me three years, and then I from three from that time to three years, I won the Avian Award. Wow! And then people started to say take, take notice of what I was talking about. But you know, when you are a pioneer, as you know, you have to push through, or yes. people will always say bad things about what you have, or say it's not possible. It's the same thing with my sex toys. Mm-hmm. Nobody for five years, not one sex toy company in this industry would listen to me. They're like, mm-hmm. that doesn't exist. That can't. There's no money in that. There's mm-hmm. no market. I'm like, I built the market. There's a huge market of transgender men who need sex toys. Finally, somebody listened to me. Perfect fit. And that was it. Oh, my God. Perfect fit. They have the best dildo they with have, the hole in the yes, bottom. Yes, that's the oh Zorro. Oh, my God. The Zorro. The Zorro. I love that thing. Do you want one? I'll get you one. Oh, I have to. Oh, right on. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want from perfect fit. He, he, yeah. Steve Callow is awesome. He'll give you whatever you it's need. It's so funny. I've totally yeah. talked about this dildo before like um, in this podcast. It is, um, it's the best. Yeah, it's the best. 
the best. It was the only way I was able to do double pen and never yes. done double penetration yes. before because That's so cool. I've always just been with one guy. Right. And um and we were able to do that. And, and you we, had a good time. Yeah, I did. <laughs> it was really cool. I, that's what I love about the Zorro too. Yeah. That you can t- so for me too, I can penetrate and then be penetrated in my vagina, which is so awesome. So okay, wait. So tell me a little bit about this because I am curious how yeah. this works. Okay, so, so we're looking at the so, Kiss X. So I'll show you. So transgender men, what happens is, so I first created the Buck Off, which is a bigger hole. So the Buck Off started first, which it didn't nothing existed for us. Okay. And a lot of transgender men who have vaginas don't want to touch themselves. Clearly, I understand that. Okay, they're not comfortable like me. I'm very kind of. Rare. I see because they want a they penis. Wa- they wish they had a penis. Yeah, they want to have a so penis. They yeah, yeah, okay, they touch their it. vagina, it feels feminine. Right. And I, I even had that. I even had that thing. I felt it felt feminine to me. Right. And so what I did is I wanted to create a product that enabled men to sort of have jack off, right, mm-hmm. but not touch themselves. Mm-hmm. So what happens is uh, your clitoris grows to like about the size of my thumb through the use of testosterone. Mm-hmm. And so what, what that does is it fits over your clitoris like this, and then it's at the base of your vagina here, uh-huh. and it goes over, and then it sucks on, and then look, you get to jack off like a man. So we gave it a little penis head, and, and then it has these ridges on the inside. Ah. So it enables a transgender man to touch his vagina without touching it, but I believe in sex, and I believe in sex as a way to connect to your body, and I right. believe in sex as really a big part of transitioning. And so it enabled men now to feel their own genitals without, you know, necessarily feeling feminine. Right. And it blew up, and it just became like a huge, big deal across the so world. So it really gets that big. Yeah, mine's when it ere- I actually get an erection. So you know, your clit, your your clit gets an erection. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. so small that you just don't really. Necessarily you don't know. Well, see some it. girls get right. more than others. Right. I've exactly. Seen girls who exactly. Have. It's yeah, just yeah. like penis. Our clits are the different right. sizes. Mm-hmm. Right. Totally. But yeah, mine grew. My mine can grow about that size from testosterone usage. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah, it's crazy. It's totally crazy. Oh my gosh! And so, so the thing is, like, not all transgender men use testosterone. Uh-huh. So I knew that when I released this, that that uh-huh. was going to be. But I needed to release one toy first. Right. So what came next is the Kiss X, and you can see the smaller hole. And this one is for people who don't take testosterone, who have a smaller clitoris, or anyone with a vagina. So this so could work clitoris, on me. Yeah, it's a clitoris stimulator. So it Ooh. just sucks onto your clit. And uh, see the small, the whole, the whole yeah, is a little bit much smaller. smaller. Yeah, and uh, it enables people again to touch themselves without necessarily touching themselves, huh. and ridges and all of that. And so it can also, if you look at it, the, this material is called TPR, and it stretches a lot. So this is what's also cool. Like even cisgender men can put it on the head of their cock and just you know stroke it oh, like that. Yeah. Which that the buck off works better for that. Yeah, because so. it's bigger. More importantly for me, it was creating conversation around sex in uh-huh. our bodies. And right. our bodies are a little different than everybody else's bodies, but it doesn't make our bodies lesser than. Right. And again, sex is important to me, and I believe sex is important to humanity. Right. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Wow. So I was very lucky to create those, and I feel very, very uh, uh, so happy that we got to put those out. And this is your lube? And I created a lube and because of that. And you said it's specifically for trans men? Why, what, because what remember what I was said about the estrogen. Uh-huh. So what happens is our estrogen levels get low and our vaginas get dry, okay. and everyone so knows that dry super vagina. Luby. So it's not not only super luby, but if you notice, the ingredients are natural ingredients that mimic the vaginal secretions. Okay. So it stays in your vagina a lot longer, but but not like silicone. You know how like silicone kind of gives you that yeah. greasy. Even though I yeah, love yeah. silicone, it's kind of gross after like trying to get it out. <laughs> yeah. It's gross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this just mimics your sort of origin. You know. 
natural vaginal secretions, and it also helps to repair because it's all natural aloe vera and all this other stuff that really helps to repair the damage that less estrogen in your body creates. Wow. Yeah, and that opens up the dialogue to vaginal health. Yeah. For trans men. There's so much science. Yeah, it really is. Our bodies are. (laughs) (laughs) We're creatures. (laughs) Um, So when you got the extra testosterone added, did you find that your sex drive changed? Oh yeah, I was already highly sexual, okay. but because I wasn't comfortable in my body, it was hard for me to have sex unless mm-hmm. I was stoned or drunk or mm-hmm. you know not necessarily present. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, now, now I think the testosterone heightened my sexual, mm-hmm. my, my sexual, actual physical sexual, and I can feel it when I, you know I have to inject testosterone every week mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. So what happens is my testosterone levels, just like a, a cisgender man, mm-hmm. you know, it does those cycles, mm-hmm. and so I do feel a difference when I inject, and then as it lowers. Yeah. Um, so I want to ask you about the whole bathroom thing because sure. obviously that's been a huge controversy yes. lately. Yes. So what bathroom do you generally use? You go to. <laughs> it's so great, isn't it? I mean, because you. It's so great. What bathroom do you think I use, right? Like, the, of course I use the men's. The men's. If I went I into think, the women's right? room, they would freak out. Right. So, okay. So you go into the men's. Right. You know, what do you do if it's like a trough of, do they have, they, they all have Never. A, I've never been to any men's room that, that didn't have, have a toilet. toilet? Yeah. Okay. But, but that said, I can pee at the urinal, but I have to, it's funny because I have to pull my pants all the way down to my ankles like a four year old. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, well, these guys are looking at me all crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, nah, I'll just go into the, I don't care I go into the toilet you know what I mean right. like it's I even sit and pee I don't need to stand and pee I don't need to prove anything to anybody right, right. I know a lot of cisgender men who sit and pee yeah. that's like totally a myth that all men have to stand and pee that, that makes you masculine like that's so ridiculous <laughs> that's so funny it's like, ridiculous the ridiculous things that like we tell ourselves that define who we are yes like yes. if you because it, it's true if you I'm thinking about it I don't know I'm sure I've probably seen like a, a boyfriend pee sitting down when he was super of course drunk or something yeah. like that but Generally, like they always stand. And, yeah, because it's and easy. I would, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Think yeah, about it. If you had a, if you had a dick, you just pull out and pee. It would be amazing. Yeah. That's the only thing I would say that I would want a dick for now is yeah. to pee out of. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, who needs Otherwise, it? it's overrated as far as I'm concerned. They're temperamental things. They are temperamental. Very, vaginas aren't. <laughs> yeah, vaginas are. They're Ready pretty to consistent. Go. We can rely on them. <laughs> Penises, especially in my experience, they can be they can be uncooperative. No, that my is experience for too. Yeah. I'm like do 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 two hours. They're like really, dude. Oh my god. So, what is the? Because I know that like the testing pro. There's, there's been some debate over this lately about the testing protocols and the difference between the mainstream porn industry and because mm. you're not you're the trans community. Yeah, and not even actually my my customer base is gay men. Mostly. Okay, yeah, it's okay. not not really the trans. The trans customer base is trans women, uh-huh. and they tend to be cisgender straight men. Okay, and they want the women, and they want women with penises. Okay, got which it. makes sense to me totally. Yeah, uh, and so mine is more men and. More gay men, and now becoming more women. Okay, I have a huge, huge or big fan base of women now. Okay, interesting. And that could be all kinds of women. Yeah, like every kind of woman. So, what is? Do you guys always just shoot with condoms, or do you guys test, or do you do both, or yes. how does that work? First it, off, it's so weird. I don't know how the testing. I know how like the testing is in like the mainstream yeah. straight industry. Yeah, and we're very rigid about it. Yeah. But somebody was asking me, they're like, "What's the testing like in gay Same or thing. trans?" And I'm like, "I don't." Okay, know. well, no, there's a dip in the gay world. In, no. Bare in the backing, gay world, I've heard it's very different. It, first off, I don't even think they test so much. They don't really care. That's what they I've do. Heard. They do. I've done a Titan movie and we did test, but that's rare. Most of the gay porn is, is bareback. 
Which again, that's your okay. choice. I don't care. I don't do bear racking. I do only safe sex, and I okay. only do condom usage. But that's because I'm also an educator, and I right. believe in that. My films are actually really more educational than pornography, and I use it to educate people on uh-huh. safe sex, and okay. that's hot. But that said, we test like everybody else. If it also depends on the production you're working with, mm-hmm. right? With the company you're working with, I won't work with a company that doesn't test. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've only worked with companies that test us and that will use that will have safe sex with me. But other than that, I think we all it's it's where you want to be in the porn industry, right? Mm-hmm. You can go work with other people that don't test if you want to. There's mm-hmm. all varieties. But I work with a higher end mm-hmm. of the transgender yeah. community. When I shoot with trans stuff, when I shoot gay, I shoot my own stuff. I don't work with other companies. Okay. And mandatory. Mine is mandatory condom usage. Okay. So if you want to shoot with me, it's mandatory condom. Okay. And that's just my choice and what I want to yeah. do, and like it's just my activism. And I don't, and I'm not shaming anybody that doesn't use condoms. Right. They can do whatever they want; it's their body, and that's the great thing about porn. Right. But people are like, it won't sell if it doesn't have condoms. Uh, I've disproved that. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, mad. What are you talking about? Yeah, there's been there's been a long. <laughs> obviously, there's been a big dispute about that around the condom issue, just of in course. the straight porn industry. But I know, think against straight's different. Yeah. I'm, I remember I'm such a niche, niche. I'm like niche, yeah. niche, niche. I'm like there, there. So I can do whatever I want. Right. If you want to watch me and you want to see me, this is how you're going to see me. Right. And I even do blowjobs with condoms. It drives guys mad. They hate it. And I'm like, really? Well, you come and have chlamydia in your throat. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, not that it's like that in the industry, but right. I'm not taking the chance. I'm right. just not. I'm 55. I'm clean. I haven't done anything. I'm totally everything. And I want to keep it that way. Yeah. And that's just my idea of showing that you can actually do a blowjob with a condom. It's real. Yeah. I um, we I got a hooker when I was 17 in the red light district with right my on. boyfriend at the time. And I remember she used a condom yeah. to give him a blowjob. And yeah. I was like, what's going on? Yeah, exactly. But then it was like, part of me was like, ew. Just like the of thought course. of me like with a condom in my mouth, I was putting myself in her position. And yes. the other part of me was like, I'm glad she's safe. No, it really is. I know it doesn't taste good. It's really not super, super hot, hot. Yeah. But I'm trying to change that mm-hmm. because you know the reality is is a lot of women don't understand they can have control mm-hmm. over their bodies, mm-hmm. and you can tell the guy put a condom on. Mm-hmm. You have the total right to do that. I noticed that guys like to talk women or even guys like me out of using condoms. It'll feel better. It'll look, it'll, 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 and it's like, no, I don't really care. It, it'll feel fine right now. But you have to really be and honor your own body. And mm-hmm. I think, I, you, I hope your listeners hear me. You are responsible for your own sexual health, nobody else. Yep. So when you things happen to you, you have to understand why they happen to you. And when you take the chance to not use a condom, then you're taking a chance. And that's just the reality of it. And you can take a chance, it's okay. Yeah, but be realistic about taking that chance. Right, right. Because there are consequences. There are consequences yeah. to everything that you take a chance with. Yeah, I took a chance transitioning to become a man. Yeah, I took a total chance. It worked out, but yep. it could have not worked out. Yeah. But again, we have to take chances in the world. Mm-hmm. We have to speak about things that are uncomfortable. We have to speak about racism within our pornography industry. Mm-hmm. People and don't want to talk about it. And yeah. society. But yeah. in porn, my God, it's so racist. Yeah. It's really sad and it's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of things about the adult industry that could change. I think they are changing. They I are. think we're they in a are. place where there's progressions happening really fast. And yes. I think that that's also too why we're getting some heavy blowback um, from people because change is happening so fast and a lot of people don't like change because it challenges their ideas of sex and sexuality and and what they were raised to believe and what they believe about themselves and and that kind of thing. So, But I think it's, um, I think think our children, our children, I don't have kids, but 
the children of people our age yeah um <laughs> will have uh you know they'll have a vastly different experience oh yeah which will just be great it's going to be amazing. We get to talk about sex and we get yeah. to say things. And the young trans men now get to actually jack off and feel that way. Mm-hmm. Where we, we, didn't, we don't talk about sex a lot in the transgender world. It's very bad. We don't talk about sex because there's this idea that we talk to, we don't want people to talk about our bodies, that our bodies are different. Our bodies are different. Yeah. And our needs are different. Do you think it's kind of like a protective, like sacred, like this is my. It's more. Because they're so afraid of being judged because they've been yes. judged for some. Yes. Long. It's partly that. I think it's partly that we don't. They, people don't want people to think we're freakish. Mm-hmm. Well, people think that when I talk about being a man with a vagina, I'm making transgender freakish. And I'm like, I don't think that that's true. And it's my... It's just own, a it's fact. My, it's a fact. And it's yeah. my body and I want to talk about it because right. I find it very important to talk about. Yeah. And that's the other thing. There's a lot of ego in the trans world. Mm-hmm. People want to be the voice and people want to say, this is the way to do it and that's the way to do it. With any community, I think, yes, it's like that. absolutely. And it's, People have their own ideas of, of... Of how it should be. Right. And that's not and true. And what you should believe. And what, yeah, exactly what you should believe. And that's not true. It's your own identity and your own place to be. And create your own identity. And that's, again, with anybody. Mm-hmm. Create your own. Experiment with sex. People are so scared to experiment with their own. Oh, my God, when, they are ex- when they're attracted to me, they write me stuff like, uh, a gay man will write, uh, I'm really attracted to you, but I'm gay. Does that make me straight? I'm like, what are you talking about? Why do you have to pigeonhole yourself into that? It's, like but, it doesn't have to be one way or the other. But it's that's where we're at. Yeah. With well, that's the way we've taught. Yes. We. Ourselves. It's either or, and yeah. there's no gray area or nowhere to sort of play around. Play around, people. Yeah. If you have a fantasy about something, do it. Enjoy it because really, life is short. I'm I'm telling you right now. I wasted 28 years of my life worrying about how am I going to become a man? When am I going to become a man? Life sucks. I, 28 years and it's why I celebrate my life every day because fuck that I'm not going to sit around and make, make let people make me happy I have to make myself happy Yeah. and when you worry about what people think about you you are in a bad space my friend it yeah. doesn't matter what people think about you it only matters how you react to the way people think about right. you right because you can't change people's thoughts you, you can cannot. only change how you react to that reaction yeah, and people react yes, constantly they, they react all just so crazy like yeah. that guy on the radio reacted to me yeah. Instead of hearing me, just calm down and listen to what I'm saying. Right. And it's okay. I'm and that always says you. so much more about that person than it does about you because exactly. obviously it's a conversation he's not comfortable having. He doesn't want yes. to hear about it. He it challenges his ideas of yes. what masculinity, masculinity is. Yeah. And that is a thing that men, oh, I deal with that constantly. You're not a man, you have a vagina. And I'm like, really? <laughs> what if you accidentally lost your penis tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Are you still a man, my friend? That's a great question to ask a man. Do you remember that song, Detachable Penis? <laughs> totally. That's <laughs> awesome. Totally. I heard that song the other day. That's great. I was like, I have heard this in a long time. <laughs> it's real. Like, Stop identifying just with your penis, dude. Right. Your penis isn't ma- your masculinity. It's nothing to but do with it. But it's funny about how guys really think that it is because, I mean, you yes. can imagine what's the one DM that I get all the time yes. guys send me their dick pics and be so like is weird. it big enough could I do porn <laughs> what do you think of the size of my penis so weird it, like I mean all the time <laughs> guys are obsessed with their penis size and like for me it really doesn't matter like I'm not into huge dicks I think most like, women feel that way I, I agree with you yeah. and um 
it, it's so much more about the emotional connection that right. I have with somebody than it has to do with their dick size. I don't see what I said, and that's how I also feel. I'm yeah. a man who really likes to emotionally connect with mm-hmm. people that way. Even sexually, I like to emotionally connect. I do right. think it's a different type of sex. Don't get me. I do like to just have pig sex too. <laughs> pig sex, no emotional connection. <laughs> that's just fuck. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it takes a lot of time. You can't always be romantic staring can't. into your eyes. No, no, no. I love you. I'm not ready for that. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of emotional investment. Yes, totally. So, okay, so let's talk about your DVDs that you brought because I'm going to be giving these away as right giveaways on. to my Patreon. Awesome. So, um, okay, Evil Angel. Yes. Uh, with Valentina Nappi, who I actually just shot like last week. Oh, she she's the best. Yeah, she's great. She's a sweetheart. She's great. And um, directed by Dana Vespoli. Yeah, who's awesome too. So, yeah, tell me about. So, uh, they, I don't really shoot porn much anymore, but uh-huh. I will shoot a porn that isn't made, that hasn't existed. Uh-huh. That I will always challenge those sort of boundaries in porn or okay. what people think. So, they came to me and said, We want to do this movie and you, we want to do a scene with you and Valentina Nappi. And I'm like, Yes, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we did it. We did. We won. That scene won best transsexual scene uh, last year at Avian. Awesome. And, and this year, my movie Buck Angel Superstar won best transgender film. What you on? But fire? I'm only doing these films because they don't exist. So the, yeah. the the Buck Angel Superstar one is me with all transgender women, mm-hmm. and that's never been done before at yeah. that level. So it was very, you know, again pushing the boundaries of what is masculinity, what is femininity, what is sexuality, right? And so. So uh, I, that's why I do those. And Dana Vespoli uh, directed both both of them, and I yeah. love her. Yeah. And her vision, she's a feminist, and her vision is to create empowering women stuff. And she understands me as a man with a vagina, and also pushing the boundaries of, of that. What is a man and what is a woman? Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, Dana's great. I shot her once a long yeah, time ago. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, okay, so this one is a documentary. The documentary, yeah. It's just so about my, Mr. My Angel, he's a man like no other. Uh. And um, it premiered at S, uh, South by Southwest. Yeah, that's old. I think that was done in 2012. But still, it still does really cool. well, yeah. And it just gives people an understanding of where I come from. It's, you know, a documentary of my life. And then this is you as a little girl. Yeah, oh <laughs> totally. <my goodness. laughs> Where the freckles go? I know they went away. It's weird. Aww, they totally the went away. Freckles are so cute. And I lost all my hair. The first year into testosterone usage, my hair just went totally away. Yeah, it's funny. People forget that high levels of testosterone yes. is responsible for balding. Exactly. Yeah, but then you get hair in other places. All over. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> no one told me I was going to get hair on my butt crack. Oh really? <laughs> Gross. <laughs> And I got hair on my back, and I got hair on my nose, and I got hair on my ears, and I got hair. Did it come weird... in like weird patches? Yes. And okay. then my back is now. And I actually shave my back because I don't like it hairy. Yeah, you know, I just don't. It's yeah. just not sexy to me. Yeah, but yeah. Some people find it sexy. That's cool. I just yuck. And so I actually have this like man shaver. It's called Manscaper. <laughs> <laughs> and I stand in the shower and I'm like ripping off the hair on my back. <laughs> this is what my life has come to. Oh my god, <laughs> hairy back. Have you found that you get more as you get older? Yes. Because like. Yes, naturally. I mean, I you know, you always see old men with hairy ears and like Mm -hmm. hair out of their nose, and it's like, yeah, totally. I'm getting all those weird hairy things. Yeah, (laughs) it's hilarious. I am too. (laughs) (laughs) Hairy nipples. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 
So do you feel kind of like, I wonder if, I would imagine when you first were, before you transitioned, before you accepted who you were, you felt like, you probably had moments where you were like, why me? Yeah. Why was I born like this? Why did this have to happen yeah. to me? Why can't I be a normal person? Yeah. Do you feel like now after everything you've been through, all the activism that you've mm-hmm. done, the lives you've saved, mm-hmm. do you feel like you're glad that you were born that way? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you for that question. And actually, yes, I do. I've come to the place where I realized I I am this person for a reason. Yeah. I have been saved. I have been saved. I should be dead. I tried to k- kill myself a couple times when I was a youngster. The alcohol usage, the homelessness. I used to be a, what we call a cutter, and I mm-hmm. used to take razor blades and cut my arms and my yep. face. And like I was in m- hospital, mental psychiatric wards, and everything. And now I look, I would never be. The survivor. I'm a survivor. I'm not a victim. I yeah. don't believe in victim attitude. And I'm a survivor, and I'm a survivor for a reason. I wouldn't be sitting across the table from you today if I didn't really embrace my horrible past. Right. Because I am the person I am today because of my horrible past. I'm a survivor. Yeah. And it's why I won't be taken out. I will not, nobody can take me down. I have no fear. Because I already had fear in my life. Mm-hmm. And fear is a block. Yeah. And I hope your listeners hear this too. Fear, whatever you're fearing, if you're fearing money in your life, which everybody fears money. Everyone's like, rent's due today, blah, blah. It's a real thing. But you are blocking that money flow. You really yeah. are. It sounds wing nutty and it sounds all woo-woo, but it's a real thing. <laughs> Have you ever heard that um, the uh, acronym uh, fear is false evidence appearing real? Yes. It's exactly it. Yeah. And I love that you said that because people really need to understand that level of fear. You might not even know you have the fear, but think about it a lot. And whatever that fear is, I had a fear of transitioning, but I did it. Mm -hmm. It It's the best thing I ever did. I didn't get to see pictures. When I transitioned, there was no internet. Mm-hmm. Imagine there was no internet. So you knew, you didn't know like what was going to happen to nothing. you, what you were going to look there like. There were no pictures. There were no nothing about what I was going to look like. And yeah. I just did it kind of blindly. Yeah. But that's that faith in your own self, in your own, the faith that you know that you have to go this way, whatever right. that is. Right. What, if you know that you're in a bad relationship and you know, I have to get out of this. Mm-hmm. It's scary. It's hard. I'm fearful. You have to do it. Mm-hmm. There is a light on the other side mm-hmm. but people tend to get stuck in the dark and then they don't know how to see that light and yeah. that is really why I embrace my past and calling it a horrible past it's real but now I look at it as just a past of learning like it was necessary it was necessary you had to go through all of that to bring you there to where were, you are today there is no way I would be this person there right. just isn't my, I mean I haven't even touched on half the things that I did in my life that I could tell you I'm writing my book now and I'm writing it because not just because I need to write a book and it needs to be out there, but really, I'm writing it for parents. Mm-hmm. And I know parents will get so much out of my book. My parents are in my Mr. Angel documentary, and my mm-hmm. dad breaks down and cries. I don't want to give it all away yeah. because it's really powerful. And that was one of the, that's the reason that documentary did so well, because parents saw the turmoil my parents went through dealing mm-hmm. with a little girl who felt like a little boy and nobody mm-hmm. would help them. Mm-hmm. And all their friends kept saying, that's your daughter, not your son. You must So they stop. were trying to help you. Yes. Wow. Subconsciously. I don't know consciously if they knew what they were doing. Yeah. But they just felt me as their little as their they little loved son. You. And they loved me. Yeah. Like all parents love their kids and yeah. they want to help the kids. But again, that's why I'm writing my book so that people can see the story I went through. And you don't your kid doesn't have to do that today. Mm-hmm. You can say, Okay, it's okay for Susie to be Tommy. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And you will probably save your kid's life by just letting them play with whatever they're playing with or figuring out or experiencing. Mm-hmm. Stop shutting it down. There's a reason why your kid is pl- is wearing dresses or wanting to wear pants or play with trucks. Mm-hmm. Just let them do it. 
Do you think that your parents were hoping that you would grow out of it? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, totally. Figured. 100%. It's probably what a lot of parents yes. say. They're like, oh, they'll grow out of yeah. it. Yeah. Remember what I it's said? Tomboy. It's a phase. Yeah, yeah. It's a thing. And it could be. It could rightfully be that. Right. 100%. But it might not be. Yeah. And this idea that the ch- this kid who just shot up 17 kids in Florida, mm-hmm. that kid had a lot of problems. He was going through hell. His mother died. And I'm yeah. not making excuses for him shooting no. that. But I'm going to tell you, we know what happens in high schools. And there's bullies. Mm-hmm. And he was probably, probably a loner and probably sitting over in the corner. And they already said he had problems and he wasn't showing up. People aren't looking at the problems of these kids. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why the kid is lonely. And there's a reason why the kid is sitting in the corner. And there's a reason why the kid isn't showing up to school. There's stuff going on. Pay attention. Mm -hmm. And if somebody would have paid attention to this kid, possibly that wouldn't have happened. And that's called mental health care. Yeah. And we need to talk about mental health care and not just trans people, everybody. Stop. But we need bullying is real in schools. And now with phones and internet. It doesn't it doesn't stay at school. It follows you home. It follows you home. That poor, that, I mean, that kid is a lost his mind. Yeah, and I really think somebody bullied him in that school, and I think he went and he just got pissed off, and he was like, Rrr. and it's just, why are we not taking it to the other level? Of why are children doing this? Mm-hmm. Not that I mean guns, yeah, those part of it, but that's not the reason. They're just accessible. Mm-hmm. Guns are accessible. What's the real underlying problem? of these children going off and shooting other children. Yeah. There's a problem happening. Yeah. It doesn't happen in other countries. <laughs> yeah, there's a big mental health issue here, and there's still so much stigma around that. You yes. Know, people think that when you talk about somebody having mental health issues, they assume that they're like psychotic. Totally, and they or crazy. locked up. Yep. And it's like, you know, we all have mental yep. health issues. If you look at what it really is, it's just like how you're, you know, like you get a cold, that doesn't mean you're sick forever. Exactly. You know, you can you can get past it. You take medicine, whatever you get over, yes. you get through it. Like I've, there's definitely been times when I've been mentally ill. Yes, like for sure. But of I course. sought treatment and I sought help and therapy. And everyone, depression is mental illness. Yeah, that's what depression is. Yeah. But instead of talking about it, we're prescribing drugs. Yeah. Go. You know, I'm also in the cannabis business. I started mm-hmm. my own cannabis business, and because I, I I'm sober 30 years, mm-hmm. but I use cannabis, mm-hmm. and I use cannabis as a med. Medication because okay. I don't take oxy and I don't take Vicodin. I don't take medication. I'm very clean yeah. with my body. I eat healthy. I'm like that uh-huh. focused. I don't use alcohol or drugs, uh-huh. but I use cannabis okay. and I use it as a medication to help my anxiety and also my sleeplessness. I'm okay. a kind of hyper guy, and so yeah. I need to calm down. I don't want to be taking other kind of medications. That right. said, people will say you're not sober using cannabis. Mm-hmm. I disagree with that because mm-hmm. it is a medication. And what is medication? Mm-hmm. And why aren't we talking about anxiety? People are so anxious now. There's a lot of anxiety in this country. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly we understand why, but there's a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of that. Why don't we talk about why people are anxious and how can we clear, how can we fix that naturally? Mm-hmm. Cannabis is a great, amazing medication that mm-hmm. can help people without addiction. There's never been an overdose of cannabis. Yeah, in the whole wide world, there's never yeah. been. People are dying daily of oxy. Yeah. of this bullshit that we give people. Yeah, I mean, well, what I would say because I'm sober and I'm in a 12 step program. Right on. And right on. um. I personally, I actually fully support cannabis as well, yes. and I've even done like photo projects right on. Um, to help people with that. And I've always been for the legalization of cannabis. I think right it's on. definitely better for you than alcohol. 
But like personally for me, because yes. I used to be a big pothead, yeah. <laughs> I wish I could, but I know that I have such an addictive personality. That's your doubt, but that's your drug. Anything, yeah, anything that fucks with my head, yes. like changes my brain chemistry is so dangerous yes. for me. So I'll take like CBD oils Great. Like when I'm PMSing or whatever, yeah. I'll take that to help me I with create those too, I'm going to send you some. Okay, I would yeah. love that, because I, I need them once a month. <laughs> yeah, you need it. Yeah. It's, it's a game changer, especially for women yeah. for their period. It, it is. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, and, yeah, nothing psychoactive, I can't take that because well, that's I, good. Tr- I tried and it just took me right back. Well, you're sober, and that's part path. of being sober, and right. that's part of that. And but the, I identified and that, that for me, that doesn't work for me. And everything that's the key. is so different for because I've talked to a lot of people in sobriety, people who are trying to get sober, and I'm always like, you know, because a lot of people will tell you you have to do it this way, and it's got to be it, it's so Not different true. for everybody. Exactly. Everyone's different, and you're. Sobriety can be whatever works for you. Thank you for saying that. And there's nobody and else a, that needs to tell you. It's nobody. Your life. That's the so AA saved my life. I'm yeah. a huge fan of AA. But yeah. the thing Same. that I'm not a fan of with AA is that they keep you in AA and it becomes cult like, and mm-hmm. then you don't go back into the real world. To me, the Bill W. His whole point was to get better and move on. Mm-hmm. But that is not what's happening a lot in AA now. Mm-hmm. They want to keep you there, and they to, they tend to tell you that if you leave, you might go use again. Well, sometimes. Maybe you have to use again in order that you to realize that you can't really use. It yeah. took me three times to get sober, yeah. and that here I am, thirty years that later. Took me a long time. I too. haven't drank alcohol or done drugs for thirty years. That's amazing, and it's why I'm outspoken about the cannabis because for mm-hmm. me, it's not a gateway drug, mm-hmm. and it doesn't make me want to do coke. I'm around all that shit all the time mm-hmm. in the work that I do. That said, it never makes me want to drink or use coke. Yeah. It always makes me feel very mellow and chilled out. And again, what you said is so important. Everybody's sobriety is their own sobriety. Right. How you need to do it is how you need to do it. Yeah. I know. I wish it was different. I miss pot. I wish it was different. Well, who knows? Down the road, maybe you find it. But it is your drug yeah, of choice. Yeah, I don't think and that's so. Because I've, yeah, yeah. I've, believe me, I've tried <laughs> every single time I've proved to myself again and again. Because if I get anything in my system that takes me out of reality, yeah. I want to be in that all the time. Because yes. I liked being in that dream state. I like checking out. And yes. I will do but it. But why? So you got to figure out why you like checking out. Because I, out. my brain won't shut up. But there's something else going on there because I really believe that. People want to shut stuff out. I want to shut stuff out when I'm not wanting to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get really stoned. I'll be like, yeah, I just shut myself out. There I am <laughs> using that to do that. <laughs> I'm very aware of that. Yeah. So there is stuff going on that why do we want to shut stuff out of the world? It's hard. There's a lot of things. But I think really deep down we need to always understand why we want to shut stuff out. Yeah. Why we don't want to deal with it. Because it's easier not to deal with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I you know. <laughs> I go to a lot of therapy and I do a lot of work, so I, I know what all my problems are. I'm glad. Are, I'm so happy like, that you're pro health, mental health. Because yeah, because I course. am so pro mental health. A lot of people aren't, especially in the transgender world. They don't want to talk about mental health care. They just want to say, "I want to take hormones and I want to have surgery." And I'm like, "But what about your brain? Yeah. What about you need to go to a therapist before you even think about taking testosterone or hormones or moving to surgery? You right. need to work on the engine before you paint the car. Yeah, that's a good. And that's a good way to put people it. People don't understand that. Your brain is your engine. If your brain isn't working properly, I don't care what you do to your body. Yeah, You will continue to actually your car will conk out. Your yeah. car will continue to conk out and you're like, oh, I wonder why my car isn't driving right. Yeah, well your brain is what literally runs your body. It's 100% it's like what it does. kind of the most important thing. You think. You, you need it. You need that. There, there's nothing without your brain. <laughs> Pretty much. So... If there's one thing that you could change about the world, what do you think it would be? 
Oh, compassion, 100% compassion. We have no compassion for other people in this world. We have become self-centered, especially in the United States. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if you know, I travel a lot around the world. I've seen that, yeah. And I deal with a lot of different cultures, a lot of different people. America is a mess. It's embarrassing, honestly. I'm deep down in Indonesia and like Singapore and all these places where they have their problems, but it's not so, there's a lot of hate in this country. Mm -hmm. And I just believe we're really missing what compassion Compassion is. People mm-hmm. look up compassion. Just go into the dictionary and look it up and see what compassion is. And you'll realize what I'm talking about. It's just basically a respect for other people and for other people's pain and understanding that other people have bad stuff going on too. It doesn't mean that we have to hate each other. We need to understand that everyone is dealing with stuff now. And how do we come together as people? Mm-hmm. Not as people of color and white people and gay people. And we're so separate. Mm-hmm. Humanity is humanity. And one thing that we can all connect with is we're all human. Yeah. Bottom line is we're all human and yeah. we all want the same thing which is just to be happy in our lives mm-hmm. and to move forward. And That's to feel what everybody accepted wants. and to feel valuable. Yes. And everybody society. wants that. Yeah. So why are we not compassionate to that and why have we become so disconnected towards other people? And it's to me very sad and why we are why this country is in the state that it's in. Mm-hmm. Because people are about making money and people are about me, 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 me and not about us. Right. Right, right. So, wow. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thanks. So had some deep thoughts. <laughs> deep thoughts are good, my friends. Well, thank you so much thank for coming you. on, Buck. I thank really you. appreciate it. And can you tell our listeners um, where they can find you on social media? And yes. if you have anything specific that you want to plug that's coming up. Uh, let's see. So my social media is uh, Twitter Buck Angel, Instagram Buck Angel, Facebook uh, Buck Angel Official or Official Buck Angel, one of those things, YouTube Buck Angel. Uh, what do I have coming up? Just mostly I'm just really working on getting – oh, I know what I have coming up. That's really great. I just created – a CBD infused intimacy drink. So it's a it's an enhancement drink that actually gives you an erection. Okay. If you somebody with a penis, and okay. that could be a woman with a penis or a man with a penis. Okay. But for people with vaginas, it just gives you an heightened sex feeling of sex and sexuality. Okay. And I created it in order for trans men who are not feeling so connected sexually to their body uh-huh. can. And I created it for men to get boners. But. The key about this is that I added CBD to it. Oh, wow. So it's the first CBD-infused intimacy drink, and that hits the market next week. Wow. Yeah, and so I did that in order to get it into the cannabis market because Uh I believe that we need to also bring sex into the cannabis world. Yes. Because it is. Sex and cannabis are amazing. Yeah, I think think that's naturally starting to infuse together, too. Because they're also two, like, kind of counterculture. Yes. you know, systems there. Yes, totally. And, and they work together yes, amazing. Absolutely. And I'm a big believer of cannabis and sex. Mm-hmm. And so that's the big thing that's happening for me right now. I'm releasing that new product. So I'm all into products now. That's great. <laughs> because products create change. Yeah. And visibility. And it they gives really you, do. yeah, I mean, it gives you a platform. A, to totally. Grow. And a trans man will now walk into a sex shop. Mm hmm. And he will see this product. And you know what it will do? It will validate him. And it will validate because you We have a place in the sex toy line. Because There's you don't realize lines. it yeah. as, a per, as, a, as a cisgender person. Yeah. There's all kinds of things for you in markets, everywhere. It's, it's marketed to you. We don't have a lot of things marketed to ourselves. And right. that's one of the very first products marketed specifically to transgender people. And the first in the sex world. Right. So it validates you. When you have your own product, it validates you as a person. That's great. Right on. 
<laughs> Thank you, my you, friend. Bud. You're Thank awesome. Thank you for being in this world and Thank you. creating a positive change. I think what you do is amazing. Thank you. And I'm a big admirer of yours. Thank so you, thank you so friend. much for I'm excited to on. see you at the tea awards. I know. Yay. I don't even know what I'm going to wear. <laughs> right on. They're going to look awesome. <laughs> thank you, my friend. All right, guys. Thank you so much for checking in. Um, you can follow me at Holly Randall on Instagram and on Twitter. And if you like this show, please go rate it five stars and leave me a glowing review. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. That was such an educational episode. I learned so much about the trans community and about what it means to be transgender, the difference between being transgender and the difference between being transsexual, and just everything about what goes into that journey and making that decision and acknowledging uh, the fact that you know you were born the wrong gender. And as personally, I cannot relate, but um, it's something that I can imagine is incredibly difficult. And I've always really admired people who. Who can accept themselves for who they really are. And I think that Buck is definitely one of those guys. And I applaud him for everything that he does for his activism and for the trans community. And I really appreciate him coming on my show. Next week on the podcast, we have plus size model Carla Lane on. Now, Carla is an amazingly adorable girl. She's really sweet. She's really funny. And she is very, very confident and comfortable in her own skin. And I admire anybody who is that way. And I think that she's going to have a great message for all of us. So I'm very much looking forward to having her come on the show. So make sure that you tune in next week for Carla Lane on Holly Randall Unfiltered. <laughs>